0: Welcome friends, you're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Swears and Does Hair podcast. Today, I hope you are ready for some amazing golden nuggets from today's conversation. I have an amazing guest for you today, and we are going over all of the behind the scenes on what it takes to become an educator in the industry. There are so many different avenues and opportunities available to hairstylists out there, and some of them are considering. Well, what would it take to become an educator? Take a look on Instagram and you will probably see a million people coming out with online hair tutorial subscription services and courses and all things bridal hair. Well, what does it take to actually be successful at that? What do you need to know? What do you need to do to prepare for a successful career? And today's guest is going to give you the down low on how to do that. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining me today for our podcast interview. Today, I have on Anne-Marie from Renee Marie Academy, and she is a bridal hairstylist and bridal hair educator. And uh, you probably have seen her before on Instagram. She's kind of a little insta famous. Um, she does amazing updo education. And then she also has um a secondary course that is business focused for bridal hairstylists as well. So thank you, Renee, for joining me today. Uh, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, uh, well, Suzanne, thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. That was so weird to hear Insta-famous yeah. on I there. Consider I consider you
0: insta because I say, you know, Renee Marie and people are like, oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Like, people know who you are. So.
1: Oh. I That is very nice to hear. Thank you.
0: You're (laughs) welcome. And thank you so much for coming on here today. It's finally my opportunity to host you on my podcast because I've gotten to guest on yours before. So um, the tables have turned a little bit today and I'm super excited by that.
1: Oh my God, me too. I can't wait to dive in.
0: So let's talk a little bit about what today's topic is going to be about. Um, We are going to be going down the rabbit hole of what it really means to be an educator in the hair field. Because even though uh, being a bridal hairstylist is a niche within the hair industry, There is also that additional factor of being an educator. And within that specific niche, there's still a lot of different opportunities um, and a lot of different career paths. So I wanted to kind of talk about that um, and highlight that for some of the listeners who may be considering um, moving into that education type space.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's um, such a great place to begin. I mean, when, when I started as an educator, there was really, um, there were two main educators that really inspired me and it was hair and makeup by Staff mm-hmm. and Jenny Strebe from confessions. Yes. And that was like the pathway into becoming, um, you know, a bridal hair educator. You're like, that's what you knew. Mm-hmm. Right. And, I said, Oh my God, I just, I have such a passion for creating updos and I'm getting all this great feedback on Instagram and people are starting to ask me if they can learn from me. I said, why don't I just do it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I love being in front of people and teaching. And, um, I thought it would just be a great, place for me to really thrive. Um, and it has evolved so much. I mean, I started way back in 2015. Mm-hmm. I taught my first up, uh, updo class in August of 2015. And, um, it has, Absolutely evolved, and I've evolved as an educator as well. So, there are just so many different avenues you can truly go down. And this is one of the things I talk about in my mentorship program, Bridal the Business. Um, there are so many av- different avenues a bridal beauty can take these days. And becoming an educator, I mean, you can be an educator for brands, you can be an independent educator. Um, it, it, there, it's just the possibilities are really endless of what you can do with becoming an educator. Um, and it's really just customizing it and fitting it into your lifestyle. Um, so whatever works for you, you know, if you're going to be, you know, working for, let's say a brand and they need you traveling all over, is that going to fit into your lifestyle? If you're, you know, a mother and you need to be there for your babies and you don't have childcare, is that going to work for you? Or will it work more for you to be an independent? Educator, where you can kind of make your own schedule around your around you and your lifestyle. Um, so there are definitely a lot of things to think about mm-hmm. before you decide. Hey, I want to be an educator. Like, what does that mean for you?
0: Awesome. I love how you kind of brought that up because it's not you know a one size fits all. It's not one path. You don't have to do it in a specific way you have the opportunity these days to really say well what works for me and what works for my lifestyle what does being an educator look like for me what um what flexibility do i need to have because you know like you said with uh having children you know is it going to be a possibility that you can travel and do these are you going to have consistent childcare, um, or is this something that you can only do part-time um, so I really like that you you kind of bring that up because it is a thing that you know people don't necessarily think of. They just go, Okay, I want to become an educator. Here's what I need to do. Mm-hmm. So, um absolutely. how did you get started with teaching updos? Because you had said that, you know, you were inspired by Hair and Makeup by Steph and Jenny Strebe with Confessions of a Hairstylist. And absolutely those are like two of my favorite people as well. Uh, you know, going to Hair school, uh, watching them and and learning so much from them uh, when I started as well. Um, what kind of uh, path did you did you take when you started?
1: Oh my goodness, it was um, it was crazy. I mean, when I make a decision to do something, I'm kind of just like all in, and I just do it. I'm very good me with too. just initiating <laughs> and just doing it and diving in and then I'll figure the rest out. I mean, that's just how I work. Um, if I am passionate about something, I'm going to do it and I'm going to figure it out along the way. So that's exactly what I did. And I'm just smiling over here, as you said that out loud of who inspired me to become an educator, because I've actually taught three classes with hair and makeup by mm-hmm. staff. Um, and it's just kind of jaw dropping to even you know say that out loud sometimes because who once was an idol of mine I am now you know it, it, we're friends we're cool yeah. it's like we're on the same level and and it's and it's just weird to even say that out loud because I was once in a place where I was a beginner and I was just starting out so you can get there um and I I really the the number one thing when I got started was I really built relationships with people. Mm -hmm. So I built relationships with brands. I would give them shout outs on Instagram. If I use their products, Mm -hmm. I built relationships with other stylists, um, in the industry, I would collaborate with them. Um, and I just, I really made sure I reached out to people Supported them just as they were supporting me, and it just grew into something beautiful. Um, so it wasn't all about just me, me, me. Um, I'm going to be an educator, and it's all about me. No, it is. I'm going to give, and I'm, and when you give, you receive. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So. That's that's really how I got started. Is you know by entering, um, you know, hair competitions, whether it was behind the chair mm-hmm. or modern salon, and then getting the recognition there and getting on that platform and you know being a, a, a finalist for the One Shot Hair Awards. That's where I found you, know, you the multiple first time. times. Was
0: I yeah, really? how I started following you. Um, wow. And then, you know, uh, took one of your classes back in. 2020, oh my God. <laughs> before the pandemic.
1: that's that's incredible. I mean, see right there. It's just it's putting yourself out mm-hmm. there. And getting yourself on the radar. Um, And if you don't try and dip your feet into different things, I mean, from, you know, connecting with uh, a wig company I liked, Mm -hmm. Uniwigs, and doing a couple lives on their page. Or with Modern Salon, I've done a couple lives for them. Or, you know, and then I became Modern Salon 100 and Artist Connective member and um, have done pretty incredible things with them as well. So it's just really putting yourself out there. And um, that's how I started. That's how I started this all. So I kind of, like I said, I dove in. I taught my first class in August 2015, not knowing a thing Mm -hmm. about selling tickets about, you know, putting myself out there as an educator. My first time I tried to teach a class, I tried to set one up in New York and it failed massively. I like, oh my God, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to sell myself. Uh I didn't know how to let people know as an educator. And I remember selling like one ticket and then I had to refund the girl because I'm like, I I didn't sell enough. I can't come up. I'm so sorry. And that was like, that made me feel so horrible. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to figure this out. Like why, you know, people are saying they want to learn from Uh me, but how come when I'm trying to, you know, put myself out there, they're not purchasing. So it was definitely a learning lesson. And, um, that's when I was like, okay, I need exposure. I need to get myself Mm -hmm. out there more. I need to connect with more people. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed yeah. and, you know, people started talking. That's
0: awesome. So what do you feel like you really did differently between that first and that second class? Like what was what was that big lesson that you learned from that first failure? Because I feel like that's how a lot of people learn. You know, we, get, we take some of our biggest lessons and our best lessons and the ones that really hit home and are remembered when we make a mistake, when we fail. Um, what did you learn by that failure, picking yourself back up and – and continuing and going on with that second one.
1: I learned that that first initial class that I wanted to teach, I knew I had the confidence to teach Mm -hmm. it, but I did not have the credentials or repertoire to teach it. So people didn't know me enough as an educator Mm -hmm. for me to be like, Hey, I'm teaching a class. Come purchase my tickets and come to my class. Um, so I really had to build myself up, build my audience up and let people know, you know, what I do mm-hmm. and, and how I teach. Um, so I didn't have any of that before, you uh-huh. know, when I first tried to sell tickets for that first class, it was just like, Hey, I'm just going to start doing yeah. this, you know? Um, so that is definitely something that I, I switched up. Uh, in my journey. Awesome.
0: So what kind of credentials do you think an educator needs to have to start teaching? If somebody wanted to take that same route, what are some boxes they can start to check off for themselves along that way?
1: Well, I would say absolutely. Just figure out what it is you're you're best at. What do you love? What style do you love creating the most? Mm What comes the most natural to you? What, you know, what styles can you, you know, effortlessly put together and talk about, you know, and, and teach to others, um, instead of trying to fit in every single box, Mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, I'm going to teach bridal styles. I'm going to teach every single one. No, you're going to teach the ones that you are. So I guess it's just kind of building, your brand first. Mm-hmm. I mean, mine is these romantic, whimsical styles. Mm-hmm. I, I put florals in a lot of my styles. Um, I do a lot of these cascading updos, um, so they're soft and romantic. And you'll know my styles if you see them. And you know, it wasn't like that in the beginning. I had to get people familiar with that. I had to get familiar with that. I ha- it was a learning. You know, it was it was a lot of um, self realization. Mm-hmm. As I was going through this process, um, so can you wait? Ask me the question again. it's <laughs> it okay. Track. I was <laughs> just saying, uh, you know,
0: what um, what credentials do you think an educator needs to have to start okay, teaching? credentials. Like, what can okay. they build for themselves and be like? Okay, I've achieved this. I've achieved that. Yes.
1: Okay. So basically it is it is just getting to know yourself and then running with it. So, you know, teaching a couple of tutorials here and there so people can get to know you. Um getting featured on certain pages, you know, collaborating with people, um getting seen by, you know, bigger brands and getting that credibility. Um you don't necessarily need that. Mm-hmm. Credibility. Like it's, it doesn't mean that you cannot be an educator if you're not, let's say, seen by, you know, these, these big companies, but it does help. Mm -hmm. It does help your exposure and it does help others see, like, ooh, uh, you know, Kenra is featuring her. She must be pretty good at what she Mm -hmm. does or, you know, so that definitely builds your credibility up as an educator um, when you are featured on, you know, big brand names.
0: Gotcha. So when you're looking for other educators to collaborate with you, so like you talked about how you did a class with hair and makeup by staff, how do you go about finding other people um, to kind of collaborate with and to build these educational opportunities?
1: That's such a great question. So, um, a lot of the relationships I've developed on Instagram, um, a lot of my my great friends, actually, you know, Whitney WB Upstyles, mm-hmm. I've taught a couple classes with her. Um, and I met her actually at the Behind the Chair One Shot Awards in 2016, I think mm-hmm. it was. Um, so, we met you know, through there and um, just developed, you know, a relationship. And again, it's it's getting that exposure, getting involved in things and putting yourself out there. And that's how you meet great people. Um, and with Steph, I, she actually <laughs> reached out to me oh, that's and asked me if I would teach a class with her, which I was kind of like starstruck yeah. in it. Um, and that was crazy. And uh, yeah, it just, it, like I said, it's just really just putting yourself out there. So don't be afraid to, um, you know, send someone a DM. I mean, obviously try to have some kind of relationship with mm-hmm. them first, like whether that's commenting on their post and, you know, sending them a message here and there. Don't just be like straight up, Hey, I want to teach a class. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because that's weird. And, um, it's like, you got to have some kind of foundation. Um, but yeah, I would I would just kind of like build those relationships up first, and and really it could just be as simple as just you know popping a couple comments on their on their post, or you know sending them a DM, um, or like I said, like just being involved in you know hair shows, competitions, things like that, because that's how you meet a lot of great people.
0: So now, if somebody wanted to get more of the um, like endorsements and get in front of brands and get in front of. Um, the more traditional route for, you know, an educator by being a brand educator. Um, Do you have any specific advice for things that they should keep in mind or, or good practices or etiquette for doing that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I've built a really good foundation with a couple of brands, with you know, Pink Pewter, with Kenra, with Design Me from and Biolage. I um I've had a lot of incredible opportunities with them. And um it, it really just be true to who you are mm-hmm. and what you love creating. So if you are finding that you're starting to create styles that are you know, that you're not enjoying Mm -hmm. and it's, you're working with, you know, you're trying to like get the attention of a brand and creating these styles, but you're not really enjoying them. Then they're not the brand for you Mm -hmm. to work with. You need to really find the brand that has your same kind of vibe. Um, You know, when, when it comes to the brands that I work with, I, I create the styles that I create, they like those styles. So I'm going to keep doing those types Mm -hmm. of styles. I'm not going to be trying to do, you know, something different or what they think I should do. They obviously like what I'm doing. So I'm going to continue what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't overthink, okay, I have to try to fit in this box, um, because I want to get their attention. No, you just be yourself. You create what gives you the most joy and, um, and tag them. I mean, tag them, uh, comment on their post on their mm-hmm. page. So if you want to get the attention of Kenra, go on Kendra's page, be like, Oh my God, you just posted about this product. I absolutely love using this for my styles. That's going to get eyes on you because they're going to see your comment. They're going to click on your name and they're going to see your page. Um, so, you know, doing that and also the hair competitions, Oh my God, brands get, eye. you know, you, you, get eyes on you from doing these competitions because brands are watching mm-hmm. you know um they're collaborating with you know these big companies like you know behind the chair and modern salon and all that so um yeah
0: I think that's really important to kind of point out you know the authenticity factor of it because it's the same exact thing like when you're building your business with your brides you're not going to be putting out there these styles that you don't want to do you have to develop your brand and and who you are as an artist in order to authentically connect with the right brides for you because if you just keep trying to like I always say it's like trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You're just trying to force something to fit because you're like, I need brides or I need money. And that's never going to be a sustainable business method. And the same exact thing happens when you are looking to expand into other parts of you know, the industry. You still need to remain authentic to who you are and then find the things that fit you rather than trying to force yourself to fit you know, something else, you know, if like this big Russian updos are what's trendy, but that's not what you do, then stop trying to trace the trends. You need to be able to, you know, be authentic and be real and be like, this is what I'm good at.
1: Yeah. And I'm not saying don't try those things like go Ooh, yeah, for yeah. it. Like there was a time where I, you know, created lots of gorgeous styles on, you know, all these different colored wigs. And like that was my thing for a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and or, you know, I did some like avant garde styles. If you look like back in the day, on uh-huh. page, um, I did like event hair for the hard rock casino and all these all these things I dip my feet into. And then, you know, you kind of figure out what things that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm you know, creating the most. And then plus you're going to get the feedback from people too. Like, oh my God, that's amazing. So, you know, it works hand in hand. It's listening to your, you know, audience um, because sometimes you don't even really know what you're best at. Mm -hmm. You have to hear it from somebody else. I mean, that, that's true also. Sometimes we don't even see the greatness in ourselves. Uh Um, so be really aware of what, you know, feedback you're getting from others. And then also just be, you know, self aware of, Hey, is this making me really happy to create right now? And, you know, is this, does this make me happy to create, but maybe I just need a little bit more work and I want to keep, you know, working on it, you know, that too, cause you're not going to be great overnight. I mean, it, it doesn't happen that way. It's, I shared a photo from, you know, the first updo class, um, the styles that I taught compared to what I teach now, it is completely mm-hmm. different. And I, I posted it actually, um, I think in my in my highlight one of my highlight reels on my Instagram. Um, if you go, oh, I forgot which one I was on, but um, yeah, if you click on on one of my highlight reels, it's on it, and it was just showing, you know, oh, what would I have done differently with this romantic down style that I taught? Oh, I wouldn't have tied mm-hmm. that elastic at, at the end. It looks weird, mm-hmm. like you know, I would have made it look more polished by using this product that I use now. I mean, so you're going to grow and evolve as, you know, as a stylist Mm -hmm. and, um, it's just, just give yourself some grace as you do it.
0: Awesome. Now, what ways do you think that an educator can kind of differentiate themselves from other educators, educators teaching the same thing? So like if you have you know, your specific style, like you said, like the, the whimsical, romantic kind of updos. And then there's, you know, another educator that's teaching the same style. What are ways that, um, that educators can kind of stand out and be like, well, this is me and this is the way that I teach? What are kind of some things to think about uh, in that respect?
1: Well, you are you. There's only one you. And no one can take that away from mm-hmm. you. So I can teach the same a low bun as somebody else, but I may articulate things a little differently. I may throw in, you know, some funny jokes as I'm teaching. I may, you know, just just give it to the crowd a little differently mm-hmm. than someone else who's teaching. I am very um, passionate when uh-huh. I teach and... I wanted to be an actress and a singer. So I kind of have that, you know, inside uh-huh. of me <laughs> as I'm teaching and I'm like, hey, all eyes on me. Okay, let's do this. Like I get like super excited and um, I just bring a little something extra, you know, to my classes and I make sure they're exciting and fun and engaging. Um, so it's just really highlight the things that are great about, you know, that you're offering that along with educating someone about a style. Mm -hmm. Um, you are you. So, uh, whether it's you like adding in, you know, hair, certain hair accessories to your style, that's something about your branding that could be different. You know, um, maybe you like, you know, like I like to put florals in the hair. That's something that I enjoy doing. That's something that makes me a little different. Um, from even taking photos, like, you know, you see some, some people, their whole brand aesthetic could be, you know, the white background with the pompous grass in the back, or maybe they have, you know, their beautiful pink salon decor. Um, it's, that's part of your personality, Mm -hmm. right? So that plays in a factor too, is, you know, what kind of, you know, what kind of pictures are you taking? Are there certain angles that you take that are different than others? Um, Is there a certain lighting that you use that's different? Uh, You know, all these things are going to set you apart from others. So just think about that. Think about, you know, what you are offering as just being uniquely you and staying true to that. You can still be inspired by other people and be like, hey, you know what? I want to throw a little pompous grass in my background because I think that's really pretty and cool. Go ahead and do it. You know, Mm -hmm. that's fine. Um, But just know that you're bringing something a little bit differently and, and really try to figure out, you know, what your teaching style is because everyone has a different teaching style and, uh, that's, yeah, I would just try to be very in tune with yourself and, and get feedback from others. That's what I always do after my classes. Mm -hmm. I make sure I ask people, Hey, you know, how was, you know, what did you enjoy the most, you know, and all this, and I get that incredible feedback. And then I use that for, you know, teaching classes in the future so I can make little tweaks Uh here and there.
0: It sounds like a lot of everything that we kind of keep coming back to comes back to that same concept of, you know, really doing the deep work on who you are and who you are as an educator and, um, you know, staying authentic to you and, and not trying to just copy what somebody else is doing. You know, there's a lot of people that I see in the education who kind of feel like they jump all over the place. Like one minute they're teaching this thing and then I don't know what they see somewhere, but then they kind of suddenly shift gears and they're like, well, now I'm teaching this and now I'm teaching that and now I'm doing this. And it's like... I don't know. It's like almost like they have an identity crisis. Like they're just, they're trying to keep up with the Joneses and they see somebody else come out with, oh, well, I'm going to teach this thing now. And they're like, well, I'm going to teach that thing now too. And it's like, no, honey, just take a step back, like figure out who you are, what, like you said, what is your area of genius? What is, what is your, your zone? What is it that you do so well? Um, So I think it's important to kind of highlight that for people that, you know, when you jump into these kinds of things, you still have to do the deep work and you still have to kind of take a look internally and be like, okay, what makes me unique? What do I love doing? Who do I want to actually work with? Because like even you and I, we both have, you know, a business focused course. You know, you have bridal the business and then I have next level. Um, So even though we're both, teaching similar streams to it we have different students and different people that are the right fit for your business versus the right fit for my business you know and um i feel like you kind of have to figure out who it is that you want to work with before you can kind of be like hey that's that's the student for me now how do i find that person
1: Absolutely. And the same could apply to your brides, Mm -hmm. right? You want to attract your ideal brides, you know, every bride's not going to like your personality or like your style. You have to find the ones that, you know, the ones have to find you, you know, that enjoy what you are putting out there and enjoy you. Um, so it's, it's, the same exact thing, being an educator, you know, you're not, everyone's going to like mm-hmm. you and you know, you're going to attract who you're going to attract and that's it. And you can't be mad about it because that's the way it works for every kind of business. Um, so, and then just, you know, really nurture the people that you have by mm-hmm. your side, you know, be supportive to them just as they're supportive
0: to awesome. you. So when it comes to um, options as an educator, Um, Do you feel like people who are teaching updos need to teach in person? Could they just teach online? Like what kind of options do you think that people should kind of consider and and take into um, account when setting up who they are going to become as an educator?
1: Yeah. So I um, love teaching in-person education because there's just a different connection Mm -hmm that I get with students versus online. I mean, we all know from COVID, yeah. right. Having all these things on zoom or online. I mean, how different it is compared to being in person. Um, so if you can teach in person, I mean, there's, there's truly nothing like mm-hmm. it. You just get more of a connection with people. Um you know, they're able to, you know, ask you questions like speaking out loud versus in in a comment on, you know, mm-hmm. online. And, uh, but honestly, I have created this whole online platform, um, due to COVID and due to my lifestyle, uh, that just works for me. So you really have to focus it around what's going to work for you. You know, are you going to be teaching these in-person classes and, you know, be traveling and then just be totally burnt and stressed out? Uh, and and does that work for you? You have to figure out if it's going to work for you or are you going to create something? Um, and also when you're teaching in person, you know, you have to be able to get to those people in person, whether it's flying out, you know, across the country mm-hmm. or, wherever you want to go. Right. Or are you going to teach online and be able to reach people globally? I mean, that has been the greatest benefit for Mm me teaching online is having a global audience, um, and having, you know, global students that has been so incredible. Um, so there's like two different types of connection, you know, you're going to have the in-person classes where you have the connection with people who are close to you in your area if you're unable to travel all over mm-hmm. the world, which most of us, that's the yeah, case, much. right?
0: Especially now during COVID. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or are you going to have something online where you can have that, you know, global connection with people? So it's honestly just thinking about, you know, and, and there's a healthy balance too. For me, I like to do, you know, equally in person as I do online. Mm -hmm. So like I'll do a couple of in-person classes per year. I mean, COVID definitely put a damper on things, but now I'm starting to be in person again. And um, I I definitely, you know, like to do that because it just sets up a different um, foundation Mm -hmm. for, for your uh, educational business, because, you know, being online you can't really connect with people Mm -hmm. as well as you can in person. I mean, that's just a fact. So I would definitely try to like mix it up if you can.
0: Awesome. Now, is there different strategies that you think that apply for doing, you know, your marketing for in-person stuff versus online? Or is it really more about just building an online presence, um, and, and is that going to work for marketing for both? Or do you think there's, you know, strategic differences to how you present yourself if you want to just be an online teacher or if you want to be an in-person educator?
1: Oh, my God. That is, like, such a great question. And I, like, have to really think about this because I feel like with the in-person classes that I teach mm-hmm. now, right, I have... You know, I already have that audience and following where if I'm like, hey, you know, you guys, where do you want me to teach next? Okay, I'm going to teach at, at the location you want me to teach at, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if I'll do a poll on Instagram or something, right? Um, then all I really have to do is, you know, a couple Instagram posts, maybe some email marketing, throw it up on my stories. But they typically sell out um, pretty quickly when I when I post mm-hmm. about them. And versus online where, you know, you really have to be, and and a lot of the people that come to me in person, actually, I've had people that come to multiple Mm -hmm. classes. Like I have people who come back. So um, I'm getting those students as well Um, versus online. And also it's that interaction, like people, it's like, Meeting a celebrity, wouldn't you rather meet them in person mm-hmm. versus meeting them on a live stream? Yeah. yeah. So people are more inclined to want to see you in person versus something online where it, there's less connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot more that comes into play, I feel like, when I am selling my online courses or classes or something because they're not getting that human interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot more that I have to kind of, you know, explain, you know, what they're getting mm-hmm. versus if they're going to come in person, it's like, oh my God, I get to see Renee and learn from her. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's kind of like the difference between So the for two. Somebody
0: who wanted to get into the online classes because they don't have the opportunity for the travel or, um, they just like the ability to kind of film stuff, put it out there, and then it kind of be in their mind, we know what the reality of, of selling online courses is like. But um, you know, they just kind of see it as mm-hmm. okay, well I'll have this this income, you know, this revenue stream that kind of operates in my sleep, so to speak, you know, of I do the work at the outset and then I sell it to people and they can watch it at their leisure. What is the reality of that um a little bit more like? <laughs>
1: Oh my god, this is like hilarious to answer right now, because it oh sometimes it just sucks, man. Yes, it I does, mean, girl. It's like
0: so <laughs> I hard you. because,
1: like, if I am talking to let's say people in a classroom setting in person, mm-hmm. right? I will like again. It's about that connection. Like they're gonna ask me something, I'm gonna answer, gonna be like, guys, like this is what you need to do okay, great. You want to book a one-on-one call with Uh me? Like, of course, because we're having this like conversation right now and we want to take it somewhere else, like having this call. Uh Right. So versus, okay, here is my product. You see now, all these other people who are coming out with these courses and and things like that. So there's a competition, right? And then there's the confusion sets in where they're like, okay, well, which one do I want to purchase? What do I want to do? What subscription do I want to sign up for? Mm -hmm. What course do I want to take? And it's like, you just have to be, if you're going to offer something online, Mm -hmm. you have to be super clear on what it is you offer. Mm -hmm. And you have to be repetitive in telling people yes. about it because i have learned not everyone's going to open that email oh, god yes <laughs> not everyone's going to see that that you spend like hours creating like this whole marketing thing for uh-huh. emails right not everyone's going to open that email maybe they'll open like the fifth one maybe they don't open the other yep. four right not everyone's going to see that one instagram post mm-hmm. Not everyone's gonna see maybe all of your stories for the week because they took a hiatus and they're they're taken off with their yep. family, right? So you have to be repetitive and telling people what you offer. If you don't, they're not gonna know what you how you can help mm-hmm. them. So I think that if you are offering something online, it's really important to be repetitive and telling people what you have to offer. So. You can be educational and tell people things, you know, on your Instagram, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll teach like a live or something, but I always lead them to, if you want more of this, which hello, they're there engaging Mm -hmm. with me on a live, excited, watching, learning, creating with me, why wouldn't they want Mm -hmm. more? Right. Then you have to tell them, well, you know what? You, you can have more and these are the things that I have to offer and this is where you can get more of yeah. me. Um so it is just a lot of repetition and a lot of just um building that trust uh, with people. It's a lot of it's a lot of uh, marketing. Yeah. It's a lot of marketing and but the marketing it's all psychological. Mm-hmm. Like it is so psychological because you have to you have to be in the perspective of your consumer, your person that's going to buy, right. They're getting Instagram and Facebook ads thrown in their face every single day. What is going to make you different Mm -hmm. than all those other ads that are getting thrown in their face? Mm -hmm. You know, they have to build that, you know, they have to build that relationship with you. They have to learn to trust you. So if you don't, you know, offer people things to trust you before you're like hey buy my course buy my subscription Mm -hmm. they're not going to purchase it they're going to be like okay it's just another person putting out a course or a subscription like why is why are they Mm -hmm. different
0: yeah and i think that's where like a lot of that like promotion like self-promotion and the marketing and it's just like a lot of people kind of look at as oh you know I'll, I'll teach a class online. Like, I feel like that was kind of how the market was going a lot last year because people were like, well, I can't work in person, so I'm just going to become an online educator. And then they start an Instagram and they just start talking um, and then they kind of think like, well, I'll just put together this course and then, you know, of course people want to just buy it and they don't realize that it's like you spend hours on the back end of like building the course, particularly I feel like. For no, your, you,
1: spend, you spend, you spend months, months, months not months. Hours, but I mean, Okay. I, Let's yeah, be honest. You spend months.
0: <laughs> but like each video, like is hours for yeah. each video and in each style and, you know, writing out those emails. And it's just like, it's hours and hours and hours. And it's all of this work and you have all of this stuff that you need to do And then you got to turn around and you got to like market it. And it doesn't ever really stop. It's just a constant kind of thing because as, you know, new students are coming in, other students are finishing up through the course and it's like, okay, well, what's their next step? You know, do they Mm -hmm. start coming in person? Do they continue on with a membership? Do they just go off and become, you know, an educator themselves or just work on them as their, you know on their brides or whatnot. It's like, it's just, it's constant and it doesn't ever, it's really not passive income. Cause I think a lot of people are just like, oh, well, that'll be easy. I'll just film it and it'll become passive income. And then when I can do things on people in person again, then, you know, I'll just get back to that. And it's like, no, there's really nothing passive about it. It is very, very active and it is very, very busy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's so many different sides of, of the marketing too, because, you know, us, our industry, we have to be really specific with our marketing and where we market. Mm -hmm. And um, we have to really be, like I said, just aware of our, of our consumers and, and aware that you know, hey, most of them are going to be working on the weekend. So we need to make sure we're highlighting, you know, certain things at the times where they're not mm-hmm. and, and, you know, being active on our Instagram when they're not. Um, so they'll, they'll see what we're putting out there or, you know, these (laughs) bridal stylists are are going through all these emails from their brides. Do they really want to read another email from Renee Marie Academy? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you giving them as value in the email where they're going to want to click on it and read it? Or, okay, here's another live. I'm going to watch. Okay. This is 30 minutes of my time. Um, Okay. I'll watch like the first minute. Meanwhile, if they watch the whole entire thing, it's, crazy value Mm -hmm. or even listening to this podcast right now, like who is going to be the one that's going to take out, you know, 40 minutes of their time to listen to this and, and get value Mm -hmm. from it. Um, not that many people, and those are the ones that are going to, you know, that are hungry, Mm -hmm. that are, are, are ready to learn and, and ready to, you know really succeed and move forward. So that's really the difference. And it's just all about timing. Maybe that person who, you know, listened to the first five minutes of this podcast or who read, you know, one out of the five emails, maybe they're just not ready yet. Um, And that's okay, you Mm -hmm. know, but um, there is just, you, you have to be okay in the beginning as an educator, knowing, you know, everyone's situation and not taking it personally. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. It's so it's it's so hard too. But it's just like you know, building your bridal business. You know, working with brides and having people be like, no, not right now. I'm not interested. Or you know, you have to really hone in and and find your audience and and find you know your niche and, and where you fit in amongst your you know quote unquote competition. Um, you know what what makes you different again, you know, kind of going back to that authenticity or yeah. well, what if, what about my business course is different from your business course. This is different from, you know, somebody else's business course and so on and so forth down the road. So yeah. um, what do you think makes a good online class? Like w- if somebody was like, okay, but I want to I do it. What do you think, like, what would you be your advice to be like, hey, this is what is something that will make it a good class, a valuable class or successful.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many things to think about when it comes to, uh, you know, teaching online classes, it's, you know, where are you going to, where are you going to host it? Are you going to do it? Zoom? Are you going to do a Facebook live? Are you going to do a private Instagram? Um, you know, there's there's all these different spaces we can teach it. And then it's where am I going to sell my tickets? Are we going to use Eventbrite? Are we going to have someone check out and just pay PayPal? You know, um, what am I going to charge? You know, I'm going to look at other educators, see what they're charging for zoom classes and see what I'm comfortable with charging. Maybe I'm going to take a poll and say, Hey, if I was going to teach a class, would you guys pay this or this or this? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and then just kind of get a gauge. Um, so, and then there's also your, your teaching style when you're, you know, teaching a class, when you're online, you have to be so much more enthusiastic than when you're in person, because there's that filter yeah. between the screen mm-hmm. versus if you were in person. So think of just being extra yes <laughs> be extra when you're online, when you're doing a live when you know you're teaching online because it it's just a whole different feeling for people and plus the fact that you know when you are teaching live, you're not getting that, um, you know, those questions in person where like someone else is talking and someone else hears it, like they're typing mm-hmm. it, right? So you have to be the one filling in all that blank space, yes, right? So it can get really boring to watch someone curl an entire head of hair and they're not talking. Yes. So you have to figure out, okay, How am I going to continue to engage with people during this time that I'm doing something repetitive? Am I maybe going to prep the hair a certain way before I start teaching and explain what I did for prep so that I don't have to curl an entire head of hair before doing this style, Mm -hmm. right? So there's – like this can honestly, Suzanne, be a whole nother thing to talk about on how to have a successful class because there are so many elements – and so many things you have to think about when it comes to teaching an online class. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, charge $50. I'm going to, I'm going to put it up on zoom and then I'm going to sell it on Eventbrite. Okay, let's go and let's do this. Yeah. Right. It is the emails, right? making sure they have a kit list of what they're going to need. If they're going to style with you, there is, um, making sure you have, you know, the model that you need for that date. If you don't want to use a mannequin, you have to make sure your lighting is proper. You have to make sure there's a quiet space for you to teach. You have to make sure that you market it, you know, at least a month or two in advance. So people can know about it before they purchase. So, there are a lot of things that come into play when it comes to teaching, you know, a successful class. But if you had to narrow it down, what what it would be one question you have for me right now when, when it comes to, like, teaching a successful class? Can you, like, with all those things I just threw at mm-hmm. you, Suzanne, is there, like, one question that you have?
0: Um see you're putting me on the spot here now I'm horrible at these things it feels like a like a job interview and they're always like do you have any questions at the end I I'm knew. like no <laughs> you did great uh I'm not prepared um so I mean I guess like um I don't know I don't I feel, I feel like you covered everything I think it's it's yeah right like it it is so different between being in person versus being online, because it's like the difference between, you know, having a conversation with somebody right there in front of you and then being up on a stage, you know, like up on a stage, you know, you have to overact. Like my kids are in drama and, you know, my, my oldest wants to be a professional actor. So he, you know, he takes his acting classes and there's a big difference between what he learns for stage acting and then what he learns when it comes to like okay if you want to be on on film on on TV there's the movements mm-hmm. you know are so much smaller because the camera's able to get in there you know they're able to see those that subtleties and i feel like in person that's a big thing you know you you get to have that different feeling, there is that little bit more of the the subtleties um, that people can pick up on. You literally can feel the energy in the room, whereas online, yes, you yes. literally have to create energy to infuse that mm-hmm. into people because they're just taking your energy. They're not feeding off of the people yeah. sitting next to them. They're not chatting with the people that they meet and they're not building those connections. Like there's just so much more different about... Um, just the energy of the the whole class being in person, you, you feed kind of off uh, of one another better.
1: You just totally describe that so perfectly.
0: Yes. Uh-huh. Um. So, final thoughts. Um. What's like the biggest pieces of advice? I. That you can kind of give, like if somebody were to take away one thing um, from this conversation today, what do you think is the most important thing th- for them to keep in the back of their mind if they're somebody who is considering uh, going down the educator route?
1: Sure. So I think we kind of circled back to it a couple of times during this episode, but really try to tap into that self discovery mm-hmm. as to. Who, like, who are you as an educator? Like, write it down. Okay, these are the styles I'm going to teach. I'm going to write them down. This is what I bring to the table when I teach. I am enthusiastic. I'm passionate. I'm funny and quirky. You know, I like to add florals into the hair. Um, I like to collaborate with people so it makes it interesting for my classes and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, not just me all the time. You know, think about what you bring to the table to others and um, just be comfortable with being uncomfortable because it is, it's uncomfortable in the beginning, honestly. And that's okay because you're learning and just do it. Everyone starts somewhere Mm -hmm. and everyone makes mistakes in the beginning and you're going to make mistakes and it's going to be okay. I promise because I've made Plenty of that. We both, girl. And,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, just get comfortable in your own skin. Honestly, that is that is my biggest takeaway from this: is get comfortable in your own skin, and um, and it just make sure you you know network with others. That is a huge deal mm-hmm. in this industry. Absolutely,
0: yeah. I think that's super important, and I totally agree. I think that it's really important to figure out who you are and who you want to be because. You know, just like, like I teach in my business course, like the very foundation, the first thing that I talk about is is target market and, you know, who is going to be your dream bride? Who are you trying to work with? Because if you don't know who you're trying to reach out to, you're never going to be able to put together a solid, you know, message you know, you're just going to be speaking out there into the universe and hoping the right people hear. And a lot of that goes down to who you are as an artist. You have to figure that part out first before you can figure out who it is that you want to work with. And it's the exact same thing as an educator. You know, if I was trying to market myself to your students or, you know, or to anybody else's students, it, it may not work for me because I'm trying to feed off of the energy that you put out and I can't copy you. I have to know who I am and I have to be confident that my message is equally worthy to the right people who are ready to receive it. So it's it's a lot of it's a lot of introspection. There's been a lot of introspection in the last 18 months since I've become an educator. I feel that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh my God. It's a lot of long nights <laughs> of going am I really cut out for this? What is my message? Who am I really trying to speak to? What can I really offer? How can I, how can I really help these people? Um, and, and just finding those right ones.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, this was so good tonight. Thank you so oh, much, thank Suzanne. thank you so
0: much. It was awesome having you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're, you're tuning in and listening to this. I hope the rest of your day goes fabulously. Are you feeling overwhelmed with the daily inbox tasks needed to keep your bridal business running smoothly? Do you struggle to keep all your emails, files, contracts, and invoices organized and your brides on a schedule for payments and prep before the wedding day? Do you find it frustrating and time consuming communicating with your brides vendors and following up for photos or reviews? Well then you need a CRM system my friend, a client relationship management system will help save you hours of your time and grow your relationships with your brides and her vendors so that you can turn your past brides into the ultimate referral machine. HoneyBook is my preferred system, and I have been using it for years. I'm sure you've heard of it by now, as it's one of the top CRMs in the bridal industry today. Maybe you've tried it before, but found the system for setting it up time-consuming or complicated. Well, I've got just the solution for you. I've created the perfect training to walk you through step by step how I set up my Honeybook backend to keep me organized, optimized, and automated, so that I'm saving so much time running my bridal hair and makeup business and seriously upgrading my client experience. Head to www.swearsanddoeshair.com/honeybook for information on how you can access this training as well as an amazing offer to get started with Honeybook yourself. I'm even sharing my entire email series templates with you so you can not only wow your brides from first contact, but also get your HoneyBook up and running even faster. Use coupon code podcast at checkout and save 50% off the training for a limited time. Wow, we went over so much today. I'm so, so excited and grateful to have Renee be here with me on the podcast, sharing all of her secrets and um, details on what it takes to become a successful educator online, in person, what you need to know so that if it's something that you wanna pursue as a bridal hairstylist, you can go into it uh, with all of the tools that you need to make the best of it. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you loved the episode as much as I had uh, fun recording it. So if you did enjoy today's episode, please make sure to go on to Apple Podcasts and please leave me a review. Leave me some love on Instagram and send a quick shout out to Renee as well. I'm sure she would love to hear it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great one. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at Beauty Collective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.